Welcome to First Time Lord. I'm Daniel Levain, and as the title of the podcast implies, I am a first-timer in that I had never seen Doctor Who until I started podcasting, and boy, now I cannot stop. And every week I sit down and get even more excited and get even deeper into this Doctor Who fandom. I am, I guess, now officially considered a Whovian. And now, sorry, we took a week off because, man, after that last episode, watching Tenant turn into somebody else, I needed a little break. Uh, and so this week, we're doing the very special series and review. And as always, my co host for this very special episode is my lovely wife, Shannon Levain. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back. Thanks. Wow, this has been a series. This has been really like... this this series. I'm gonna just go there and say probably my favorite series yet. Wow. No, I, I I thought about it a lot before we were gonna do the podcast, and I thought to myself, how do I express this or explain this? Because we all know that I am a Chris boy, <laughs> and I love him dearly, and I was devastated. But I'm a tenant girl. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I love me some David. So I'm not going to stop. I mean, so I'm going to stop watching now because my David is gone. You're going to stop I'm just watching. Kidding. You're gonna... My husband won't let me stop watching. <laughs> Daniel's going to be like, no, because I need you to do these series endings with me every time. No, I, I can't handle it. He's, he's right. There was a reason we took a week off because I was, I was, no, I was not good after some of these episodes. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, John, uh, Sobel, our uh, dear friend of the podcast and uh, frequent expert, uh, said that this was one of his favorites. This, I okay, see, see, I'm not the only one. And it's a combination of my utter just love and adoration for David Tennant. But I'm going to go, I'm going to go on this now. And everyone knows I'm a Rose girl. Love my Rose. Mm-hmm. Love, love Billy Piper to the nth degree. But I'm going to say I connect more as a person with Donna. Mm-hmm. I connect more with a person. I was about to invert her, her character name and her <laughs> real life name and call her Donna Tate instead of Donna Noble, the amazing Catherine Tate. <laughs> but I, she right now, I'm so devastated. She just took the, she took the throne away from Rose, Billy Piper, as like my favorite companion. Ooh. No, I know. I know. That's saying a lot because you know how much I love. I love Rose. I oh, do. Yeah. I love Rose. But Donna, oh, there's just something so amazing about her relationship with him. And mm. it's just it even it even goes deeper than the love between, you know, the doctor and Rose. It like it's there's the, I don't know. I feel from her side, from her perspective. Well, it, it, Donna. I think Donna caught us all by surprise. Totally caught us off guard. Because we weren't expecting Donna. And mm-hmm. then we get this amazing companion that was better than the sum of both. In, I, I'm, better than I'm gonna, the sum of Rose and Martha, and Martha together. together. Yes. Rose was the, the, the naive young schoolgirl. 
uh, who grew into this amazing badass woman. Right. And then Martha was this very adept adult that just needed that little extra bit of adventure. Yes. But she, you know, she was so enamored, like her character was so marred by the love that she had for the doctor. It was, it was very, it was very like first lovey, like. A little adolescent, you know, where you have that hardcore crush for the first time, yeah. like in middle school or high school. And it's like the hardcore crush on like your older siblings, like best friend or something. That's that's how I equate kind of Martha's love for the doctor. And then you get freaking Donna. Who doesn't want a relationship. Doesn't care about that at she all. She just wants the adventure that came with she wants, being with a doctor. She wants her life to mean something more than being the temp. Mm-hmm. With the hundred minutes, you know, the hundred words per minute. Yeah. As she kept saying, like over and over again in a couple of the last episodes. I, I, I really, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed her. And I mean, it feels like forever ago because this series went a little longer because of all the specials. But, you know, we start with that great introduction uh, of her basically chasing down the doctor, which is no easy feat. Uh, and then the, you know, the fat people. The, oh the, my God. The that adipose. episode was awesome. <laughs> I just, that, so aside from falling, I'm not going to lie. Aside from falling in love with her on the, the wedding episode and being like, the runaway bride, please tell me she's going to come back at some point. Like I just, I was just so hopeful that she was going to come back at some point to then have her come back to that brilliant reunion of him in the building, her behind the wall going, hi, and him going, Donna Noble, just mouthing it, and them having that paused conversation while they're about to be killed and doing this, like, reunion from a distance. It was just, that's Donna. That's just, that's just, that's Donna. Yeah, I mean, for starters, I I wanted to sort of dissect a little bit of what you just said because the the fans, uh, it's my understanding, they were not a big, uh, they, they did not enjoy the Runaway Bride character nearly as much as apparently you did. Really? Yes. The, the fans were You mean were they not, don't like Donna? They like, were not a fan of Donna uh, until she came, came back. Came on as his companion? And then they grew to like her. There oh, was a lot really? of like, oh no, uh, when they announced that she was coming into the show. Oh, see, I, then I'm odd man out because... I liked her. There was just something. She's a pistol. She's. I mean, she was definitely much more. I think part of what I liked about Donna was that she had the most growth as a companion from beginning to end. Because while Rose basically grew up. She grew, she grew up. Yeah. She right. matured, you know, and, and, uh, Martha sort of, Martha just acquired new skills. It felt right. like she came, already had the, adda- she came she, to grips. She, the, yeah. the, their transition was not that far from where they started. Whereas Donna started as this shrill, very sort of angsty, will- not likable character. And she became this amazing foil for the doctor because it's what he always said. She, it's like she had the most potential that she didn't know. And it's like she needed someone like the doctor to tap into her brilliant potential. And she was, the reason I think her journey was the most dynamic, like you said, was because of where she started. And then it it was like she got a taste for something greater, but hers was not just like a, 
it was like an internal struggle that she went through. You know what I mean? She developed like as a, as a human being and really quickly on, you see her and not that she was insincere or incompassionate, but she kind of was like, you know, about part, you know, like she was about going out with friends and, you know, her mom joking, you're just getting a job to meet a husband or whatnot and having drinks with friends and things like that. And just more, I don't want to call her self-absorbed, but a little self-absorbed and a little self-centered. No, I think that, I think and you're th- right. And then you go and then you go and we, we reintroduce her with little fat people. And then the, the next episode is the Oods. The next episode is the Pompeii episode. Oh no, the Pompeii episode, then the Oods. Mm-hmm. The Pompeii episode really starts to broaden a deeper like relationship with her and her just her humanity that she brings to it. She brings like an intense amount of like, if we can at least save one, if we can at least save two, three, four, five, whatever that may be. She, she, she like just all of a sudden went from being this kind of like, you know, self-absorbed in her own little bubble world. You know, I go to work, I do my thing. I hang out with my friends. I get drinks and stuff to like seeing humanity throughout all these awful timeframes and stuff, you know? And well, it's realizing just so that there was more to the world, the world than just the, you know, the, the, the struggles that she went through and not real, you know, she, in that first episode, the, uh, partners in crime, she really looks like she just thought it's all going to be like the last time it's all going to be like fun and games adventure. That's the know. other thing. It's all going to be fun and games and adventure and the doctor can fix everything. This is the first time or correct me if I'm wrong. It's the, I, I just can't remember all the other seasons particularly, but is this the season where we the doctor finally really reiterates in a lot of episodes with Donna that there are certain fixed points in history that yeah. he cannot and intervene it, with and fix. Pompeii is the and first Pompeii one. is the first one that He's he says like, this, is, this has to happen. Right. I, I can't change this. Out of this. all the things that I can change, I can't change this. Uh and of course the spin that, you know, as always seems to be the trademark of a a good Russell T Davies series is oh, I have to I have to take action because if I don't take action, then Pompeii doesn't happen. Right. It's like then he has to, he becomes the self-fulfilling prophecy where he needs to do something in order to make sure it does occur the way that well, it was meant to occur. And, and I mean, that episode is heartbreaking because he, his direct actions lead to the death of thousands of people. Yep. And you see it affect him. You see, you know, it's like you, you, it chips away. At you him. start to see the effects that these adventures have on the doctor and in, in the general demeanor of, of the doctor. Uh, but it also uh, wakes Donna up to the idea that, you know, these, these journeys aren't always going to be easy. These and they're not always going to end happily, which I think is what she thought the adventures would always be like, we're going to save the day. Right. And it that leads to the the planet of the Ouds, oh, which that was just heart wrenching and devastating. When Don is like, I don't want to hear their song. I can't anymore. hear their song anymore. It's mm-hmm. just wait, and he he knew it was going to be too intense for a human to hear it. Right. And, but that's also the first time that you know uh, I have talked a lot about it in previous episodes of the podcast. But Russell T Davies buries things in there, and they happen, and you don't even notice them. So. But in the Planet of the Woods is where we first get the Dr. Donna reference. 
because she could handle it for even the shortest amount of time? Is that what you're well, implying? The, the, the ood say Dr. Donna. And they oh, keep saying see, Dr. Well, what Donna. What I was going to then ask you was, is that the first time that we realized the oods already knew the part Donna needed to play and everything? Because they don't really start talking about that till the end of the series about how pivotal Donna ends up being. Semi- seemingly, the ood knew, they knew more. I mean, at least the the... Not the domesticated oods that have the little ore, no, but the no, no, oods no, no. that the, are the holding the little the brain in their hand. The, 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 the elder oods. Yeah. The elder oods like, in the seemingly circle. Seemingly, they knew what was happening. Uh, but again, we see the heartbreak that Donna goes through, uh, realizing, oh my gosh, what a, like she gets to internalize the thing that we as viewers finally get to sort of see, which is, the doctor carries a lot with him at all times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctor has this emotional weight, which for a human being, that's a lot to carry in one psyche. Uh, so, yes, he's an alien. Yes, he has the ability you know, to regenerate. But he carries an immense amount of burden on, on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is through those first two episodes, Fires Up Pompeii and then the Planet of the Wood, that we see Donna realize this is not as simple as all that. This it's is a very not... complicated web that he weaves. Right. Uh, and then, you know, we get that experience of uh, Donna getting to meet Martha. Yeah. With the uh, the Centaurum stratagem. With their cute little conversations and, the, and everything like right? that that they have about him. Right, which was uh, very interesting because up until this point, Rose met um, Sarah Jane. Yeah. So Rose meets her, but they, they kind of had a jealousy. Like Rose was very jealous mm-hmm. of Sarah. And that, you know, that was the only encounter at least that we have we haven't seen any of the original doctor who's so that's the first time we saw companion to companion and it was not they ultimately worked with each other but it was very much a uh jealousy driven yeah very much yeah competitive competitive that's whereas the word I was donna thinking. and martha it was like oh my gosh you're martha oh but, this is amazing but it's also because of the dynamic of Donna's not interested in him the way that Martha right. was interested in him. So it's, it's not threatening. Yeah. Do- it's, it's not Donna's threatening. like, oh, my friend, the doctor. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's him. talk about him. Give me the dish. It's basically she turns he's, into her old fashioned, like, I want the dirt. He's too skinny. <laughs> if you hug him too hard, he'll cut you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that was such a wonderful sort of revelation. And to get to see that Martha has continued down the path. Of what she had initially started, uh, you know, in, 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 in her the year that never of, happened, yeah. she basically became this amazing. And you know, you keep saying it, this badass. She, yeah, and they she, all get their badass moments, and oh it's my awesome. Gosh, yeah, so but Martha that, continues on with it, which is super cool, and you know, takes takes her skills and continues with it, which which shows it's it's that dynamic with Martha where she was ready to stop being the companion, but she d- wasn't ready to not have the adventures that he had so working with unit is the perfect thing for her because then she does get a talk with him she does get to see him every once in a while and give him those hugs that she just needs from the doctor yeah i I, wonderful wonderful to see martha again uh in 
I think this was an unexpected episode for me to like as much as I did, but the doctor's daughter. Oh, it was so interesting. That was such a weird episode because I didn't realize until the end of the episode when I read the credits, uh, although I think you realized it right away. I knew because when you, because we had already watched, we had already watched the, the tenant and Sheen TV show. Mm -hmm. Remember their little like thing they were doing? Yes. And George, you know, Georgia is in in it. And so I was like, and you know, Georgia's this, this tiny blonde hair, you know, chick. And I was like, and you had told me he had married someone from the show. I said, that's his wife. <laughs> this is the episode. <laughs> right. So the doctor marries his daughter, <laughs> who is the actual daughter of a former doctor. Mm-hmm. Like, talk about. But I, I did not expect the show, that, that particular episode, to be as interesting as it was. And to see the doctor, again, go through this myriad of emotions and particularly that end where he's holding the gun Mm -hmm. and he he is so upset right he loathes weapons so much he absolutely and he's holding the gun and he's like let this civilization be built on the premise that he didn't do it you know like just the uh, the idea of forgiveness it was such a powerful episode that came out of nowhere and uh, i was a little disappointed to learn that the doctor's daughter never really comes back into play at least so far as le- uh, as far as the series has gone she yeah, doesn't because, come back i was kind of disappointed. yeah because wasn't there that moment where she basically like we thought we lost her and then all well, of a sudden she, yeah, yeah she she sort of regenerates yeah but she doesn't it's whatever you know and i kept saying are we gonna see her again is she gonna like roll back into this somehow yeah, especially and, with tenant it needed to be with tenant and then it never happened yeah, and uh, you know thanks to uh jamie she she said you know i can tell you she is not returned and she you know jamie mentioned how uh disappointed she was because you know what what a great opportunity that's been kind of missed yeah uh and you know throughout the i i guess there is no official official answer but uh some people said that uh uh, moffitt said that she you know she was adventuring out in the world and she is uh, she was killed off uh because i guess you know he didn't want anybody else writing for her uh so i don't know like i i was it was so exciting to see that episode and such a, again, emotional uh, ending. And then to know that she never comes back. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. I mean, she does come back in, in David Tennant's real life. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They do come back and they do have some babies. <laughs> uh, lots of them, yes. Uh, then uh, what did you think of the unicorn and the wasp? I love period pieces when they do the period episodes. <laughs> you know this. And this was an interesting one because I'm not an Agatha Christie expert, but mm. like it was cool that they took like, a, I like it when they kind of bring historical figures back and have it play out. You know what I was thinking about with this one? I feel like this was one of those moments where Donna had started to show she's got something to offer throughout all these episodes. But this, I feel like, was this like that pivotal moment where she really shined with like investigating and like figuring things out. 
even at a faster pace than the doctor typically does? No, I mean, the ultimately the doctor and Agatha Christie are the oh, ones that's that right. really... They're the ones that do it. But I just recall Donna really... I mean, Donna finds and, and the then wasp. being like, oh, you know, Donna is the one that finds she can the hold wasp her own. Yeah, sure, sure. But no, that's the, the, the I just I have that recollection that I feel like even though it was now that I think about the episode, it was a lot of the doctor and Agatha like teaming up. Donna was, still was a very central like Don, Donna really shows her medal in the do, the doctor's daughter where she's she the figure, one that figured doesn't out she figured out the time frame of the correct. doctor that they've been, been here only a couple of hours and they're you know what yeah, I mean like the cycle of been, their life it's only been like days days of this civilization years. and they've already gone through like 60 you know generations or something right. like that or how she's the one that figured it out because of her secretary skills correct correct she figured out some sort of coding system. Okay, anyways, yeah, I, yeah, I digress. The, their I go decimal system. You know, I mean, the unicorn and the wasp was just one of those kind of like unusual ones where I feel like they had to like bring back just an odd, like an odd alien diversion, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? To kind of go a little sci-fi, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But then they brought in the whole Agatha theme and stuff. Like murder yeah. mystery, like I, clue. I enjoyed that episode. It wasn't, you know, there was there was really not a lot of overall story, you know, like some of the, the doctor's daughter, you know, the poison sky. They all have bits of the greater adventure that is happening. To yeah, do- this was just doctor. kind of an episode you could, if you wanted to watch an episode, yeah. it was. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. It's like a little standalone episode. Like if you just wanted to get a taste of the doctor, but not feel like you were missing some sort of overarching, like. I don't know who Rose is. I don't know who Martha is. Then this is like a perfect, just watch this and, and go for watch it. Watch this episode. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I really loved, uh, and I mentioned this in the podcast when, uh, when, when I originally watched it, Silence in the Library and the Forest of the Dead. It's a it's two-parter. two-parter. Silence in the Library, I had to watch twice before podcasting. Because I could not, there is so much packed into that episode. And then the, the continuation uh, and uh, I guess the conclusion of that story in Forest of the Dead. There, again, so much packed into it. But I absolutely, I think those were amongst my favorite episodes of this series. Well... I don't, I, I mean, I enjoyed it mainly because I adore Alex Kingston. Mm-hmm. If I recall correctly, I mean, my first introduction to Alex Kingston, Kingston was, I think, didn't she, years ago, she was on ER as a doctor yes. in ER. And that's where I was introduced to her because they let her have her normal accent. accent she yeah. was a British doctor on ER. And mind you, ER was what the the 90s you Mm -hmm. know what i mean i grew up watching that so i've adored her since then because there's just something dynamic about alex kingston and how she just acts she's just i love her so that was cool but i think what you're talking about with this episode is what we got into these weird conversations of when we were watching the two was who the hell is she yeah it's like she's backtracking but did she know the david tennant doctor or did she know another doctor do you know what I mean? Like, are we going to see Alex Kingston in some other episodes down the line? Because somehow she knew who the doctor was and had a romantic relationship with him yeah. because that is what is implied. <laughs> that, well, that's I think 
in 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 watching those episodes uh, and talking about them with uh, Jenny uh, Faye, I recognize the amazing writing because both of these were written by uh, Muffet, who is going to be the showrunner we're about to start watching in, with the Eleventh Doctor, and the amount. Uh, the reason I had to watch them twice is because there's so much information and there's so much implied, like you said. Yeah. Um, there's all this. But ultimately, yeah, it's like I she's love dropping. This, I love these episodes because what we get to see is both the beginning and the end of a relationship. That's at the what same you kept time. saying. Exactly. Because of because of River. River mm-hmm. Song. Wasn't that her? Yep. That was her. River Alex King's. I just love her name, Alex Kingston. But yeah. River Song. You just literally, it's, you kept saying that while we were watching it. It's like your mind was just having a hard time comprehending what you were seeing. Because when you're traveling through time and space, it's And, and it's space just is mind- time, you know, timely, widely, wibbly. Yes. It's just mind boggling to wrap your head around the idea that she knows the doctor. Whether or not it's the doctor with Tennant's face, whether or not it's a doctor with someone else's face. She just no she's somehow eternally connected with this being regardless well, of when she even says like oh wow you're so young so you're so oh, young there you go so so you know and then, and so then does anyone like, stipulate that, that we'll see her again are we gonna oh, see yeah, river we, song again we we will see river we, song again which is which is the 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 part that i've been told because we got to see the end of their relationship. So is it not going to be Alex Kingston? Is it going to be will, a younger actress playing her? Like a will, young River Song? No, 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 no. It, it is. Uh, my understanding is that we always get to get see Alex. her. Okay. But <laughs> the episode will take even deeper meaning for us as we go Retrospectively, into the future. as we go into the future. So watching that episode again will be even more emotional oh. because of, uh, which is why, like, I had a hard time understanding what I was watching and why it felt like it should be very emotional, but I didn't feel that. And that's because I was sort of living through it as the doctor. No, But the more we get to watch the series, when we revisit these episodes, we will get to experience it like River. Uh, Well, because she didn't travel in time. Here's the thing about it. If you think about it, She's lived her life, met a doctor, known a doctor, and she's moved to this point of the archaeological dig at the library. He jumped into that from where he was and intercepted probably a timeline that 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 he didn't he he wasn't a part of. Their timelines are not parallel because time is not linear in this version. So they keep weaving, which is why she has the journal and she goes, okay, we're, what's the last thing you remember? Did, you know, have we done this already? Have we done that already? Yeah, she like had this like. You know, so it's such, again, uh, I've heard that Muffet is going to, uh, in a different way, blow our minds uh, the way that uh, Russell T. Davies did. And this was just a teaser. and. It was so intricate. I I keep going back to these episodes and from everything that I've been told, we'll probably keep going back to this, those two episodes because of the story arc and just what a brilliant way of using 
science fiction as the the means to which to tell a story of both the beginning and the end of a relationship, the yeah. meeting and the final encounter. And I'm going to say, I don't think anyone could have done it as well as Alex Kingston did it. There was something so dynamic about her realizing who it was that was there and just her conversations with him, her not giving away anything, but just seeing what he knew. Well, and her constantly I mean? saying spoilers, spoilers. Yeah. You know, yeah. she's like, no, I can't tell you. It's yeah. a spoiler. It's a spoiler. You know? She was just so, but you could see the, you could see the, the, the love she had for oh, yeah. the doctor. It was just, it was dynamic. Definitely. It, I, I really, I, I have a feeling uh, as the series progresses. So now I just have to, I have to push through my, <clears throat> of the, the well, newly we'll generated we'll doctor to see um, Alex again. So pretty much from the forest of the dead on we are careening towards the end of <laughs> david tennant starting with midnight which again oh my gosh that, that episode, was a scary that was probably one of the scariest doctor oh Who's. my god it was but it so was good. doctor who i don't think of it as scary i think of it as adventurous and exciting mm-hmm. that episode scared the absolutely. crap out of me absolutely it, it, the that was a in, bad nightmare of the freaking like what's the game that kids the 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 repeat game or the oh, yeah. do you know what i mean where they just the copycat game yep. oh my god that was so freaky uh jamie even mentioned it uh it, it is it is a favorite of hers it's a, an episode that she really enjoyed but when i asked her to participate in the podcast specifically for that episode She's like, I have to watch it during the day. Like, I can't, I can't handle that at night. It'll give you nightmares. Uh, and I watched it during the day. And when we watched it together, we watched it during the mm-hmm. day because that episode is it's creepy and intense. But again, we get to see, and I think this entire series really pushed David Tennant to do more than just his you know, standard doctor acting, no, which was, she's, yeah, I mean, he, but, he's but had David moments. is the creme de la creme of actors. And this just let him, this, these, this season, let oh. that man soar midnight. You get to see the fear in his eyes. You get, uh, I mean, midnight was amazing. It's just brilliant. It's but, brilliantly acted honestly by the entire little ensemble cast that was cast in it. It was really brilliantly done. Like every person, you know what that episode did? That episode showed in a confined location, the worst of humanity, what happens with the worst of humanity. And it was the scary part because he couldn't control it. He's usually so good at controlling Mm -hmm. things and he lost control of that situation. That was what was so scary is for once I honestly thought they were going to kill him. Not only that, it, it was very timely uh it was timely when i watched it with jamie it's still timely today in in the society that we live in yeah where you know fear is controlling turning into uh, you know turning against their neighbor against their better you know against their better angels because of fear yeah fear because of the fear of the unknown yep the fear of not knowing what happens next and i thought talk about you know, again, using the medium of science fiction to tell a really interesting story. And this was in 2009. 
And here we are in 2021. I mean, 2009 was right after like, there was a lot of fear. I mean, that was after the, you know, the, the, well, it was no, I mean, it was past the, the massive recession, but not by much. I mean, the, that was like on the outskirts of the recession. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I mean, President Obama was, had we, just, you know, we were, you we know? were at least eight years past things like September 11th and uh, which had instilled fear in people, but it also united people right. in fighting for the greater you know, cause of democracy. And in this, it was, you know, the opposite. It was the de-evolution of that. And instead of people, you know, joining together and fighting, you know, together for the common good, it was, you know, people turning against each other. And again, what a brilliant piece of writing. Yeah. And apparently Russell T. Davies wrote that episode in three nights. Like imagine well, you know, writing that dialogue. I was going to say a writer like nights. that, you just get, you just get flowing and you just go. Yeah. He just went, he just, exu- he just like, Wah. yeah, yeah. He just knocked it out of the park. Uh, and then we get to turn left. Oh, such a cool, I mean, uh huh. Yeah. Because <sighs> we really get a lot of Donna. We get a lot of Donna and I love and me some we Donna. we see like that, uh, that progression that I keep talking about we see the kind of person that she's become and the kind of person that she had been and this in this weird alternative universe in which she doesn't become the Donna that we know and love, but she grows to be a slightly different Donna that is just as interesting and just as strong. That episode was scary for me too. Oh yeah. That episode was petrifying because it was the dynamic of, Am I going to lose Donna and the doctor? Because that's just what it felt like. Well, and you, you will love this because I know you're a huge fan of the movie Sliding Doors. I love Sliding Doors. But Russell T. Davies described this episode as, as his, his Sliding Doors episode. His version of Sliding I, Doors. That is one of my favorite movies of Sliding yeah. Doors. I adore Sliding Doors. Such so, a brilliantly done movie. Yeah. I know that sounds weird. It did not get the acclaim it deserved. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow and John Hanna are amazing. <laughs> but this this is the Doctor Who version of that. And we get to see this universe in which the Doctor dies. Oh, no, no. I can't. You can't the Doctor even say perishes me. underneath the, the Thames because he didn't have Donna there to say it's time to go. Oh, my gosh. That's you right. Know? And da- it oh, sort of shows you how important the companions are to the doctor. Yep. They're not just an anchor and, uh, you know, a, a fun little, you know, distraction, but sometimes they're, you know, just as important to his well-being. And. And we get to see Rose. And we get to see my Rose. And Donna gets to meet Rose. She gets to meet Rose. Rose gets to be a, a real badass and that leads us to the stolen earth and journey's end which were the end of the series technically series four ended there Mm -hmm. because that was the end of the the story arc um but the rose and doctor get reunited and you were like screaming at the screen because you knew something bad was going to happen as they're both running towards each other. I was like, no, she's going to get shot. He's going to get shot. It was the most devastating thing in the world. So, And then then we got, we got Jack back. You know what I mean? Like Jack came back. Everyone, all hands on deck. 
all hands on deck. We got, I mean, Torchwood was represented. Mickey Mickey was there. I just blanked on mom's name. Uh, Jackie. uh, Jackie. Jackie. Like we got everybody, everyone, Torchwood, everyone was on deck. And uh, Wilf is attacking the oh Daleks my God. Uh, with we his paint not, gun. You know, I'm sorry. I know we haven't talked we about We haven't Wilf, talked about him, but, but Grandpa. We will, we will, because oh. he, he really plays a huge part in, in the last I love that man so specials. much. He is one of my favorite just side, like, I, I don't know, supporting characters. He is the best. All right. So, Rose. You you were heartbroken because he's, they're about to hug again, and he gets, and shot. He gets shot. And then you, uh, dear listener, watching this episode with uh, Shannon was a delight because she didn't know uh, that this was not quite the end of the the road for David Tennant. So she was convinced that this was the moment he was going to regenerate into oh Matt God. Smith. And she was cursing at the screen. I was so. I don't mad. want that ugly guy oh, having don't to say deal that. That's so mean. Done. That's what you said. I did say that, but I don't want to sound like a like an evil bitch. But I'm not. I know. I'm sorry. You were I'm sorry. so upset that he was I going knew, to regenerate. It's like I kind of know who's. I know who's coming. It's not that I'm not a fan. I'm just, you know. That, but that was mm, such I a was wonderful so little twist. When he doesn't. Oh my gosh. And then, so the, I guess the fans, uh, because this has been around longer than we've been watching Doctor Who, but the fans addressed that second doctor, the doctor with only one heart, as 10.1. 10.1. Yeah, oh, because it's the 10th doctor uh, the and point one. one Because he's like the revision. Oh my God. I can't even. That was like, that. I would just. So he's got a single heart. So he is the doctor. He has all the, he has all the genetic makeup, but he's a human. And, and he all is, the memories, he, he's all gonna the die. things. But he's, he's, gonna, he's not yeah, going to regenerate gonna age, when he dies. And he's going to die with Donna. So he gets to live. With Donna? No, he gets with, to be with, with Rose. Rose. He gets to live a full life. And they got to kiss. Probably. Mm. I mean, in that universe, they probably have kids. Oh, can we do a, just a series with the human doctor and Rose? And I just. I want it to be like, you know, when they, I want it like the, what is that? Like an epilogue or something like that? Like what happens after? That's what I want. Mm. Y'all hear that out there? That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could write that fan fiction. Oh, no. I don't think I have the imagination that these guys have. <laughs> like these, the imagination on this is just ridiculous. It's yeah, unbelievable. Ru- uh, Russell Davies said that he, uh, there, there was a version of the script uh, at the end of Journey's End where the doctor gave 10.1 like a piece of the of the TARDIS so that he could grow his own TARDIS. Um, but you then, can grow a TARDIS? Apparently. But uh, then he decided, like, no, that's too much. Uh, and so that, that scene, it was written. Uh, and apparently, I, I think, I, I, if I remember correctly, it was my, maybe even shot. Mm-hmm. But... No, ultimately, it did not end up on uh, on the series because Russell thought that that was too much. But I think that would have blown fans' mind to think that you could have more than one. Well, it's a separate universe. It's a separate, you know, it's a parallel universe. Box. So the TARDIS could be, yeah. you know, so the the Doctor and uh, the and, yeah, and Rose but... could be traveling around in that universe, yeah. doing their own thing. 
But uh, so how did, did you, were you satisfied with that Rose ending? You know, I was, and yet I wasn't in a sense that you could see the devastation in the real doctor's eyes and soul that he wasn't the one that got to be with Rose. Did you not see it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, can, you can tell. He was just, but there's always heartbreak I when know, he leaves I his know, companion. But I'm just saying, like, even she, after he whispered, which I'm only assuming was, Rose Tyler, I love you. And her new. He didn't whisper. It. No, the one heart doctor, because he knew exactly what he was going to say. 10.1 yeah. whispered it. And then she kisses him, but then she's still torn because her true doctor, her true love is going back, you know, with the amazing Donna. So I just hope she was able to just, just give, you know what I mean? I just, I just, I, it's like, I want to see it because, because that is him. He has all the memories. He knows everything about her. And I just hope she can feel that way. You know what I mean? Uh, Mm -hmm. About him. Kind of well, like, like, like when, when, when Chris regenerated into David and she was like, who the hell are you? Get away from me. Right. Do you know what I mean? And then she fell for David the same. She had fallen in love with Chris. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Hopefully that'll be what happens. And in that same episode, Journey's End, we also get a conclusion for Donna. Well, in, 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 in Journey's End is where the doctor has to, oh, because God. at that point. Dr. Donna is in full bloom. That Well, we didn't even talk about the fact that we had Dr. Donna basically happen at the stole, at the end of Stolen Earth. Dr. Donna happens, doesn't it? That, mm-hmm. that, that's Stolen Earth. Yeah. And then she's Dr. Donna and she's just talking like this brilliant, amazing person the whole time. Just spewing out all the stuff yeah, that you never understand. She is part she's Time part Lord. Time Lord. I think what has to happen is the most... I was so hoping that unlike, unlike Rose absorbing the TARDIS energy and Chris taking it back from her to release her from it, I was so hoping there was a way that somehow the Oods had predicted that this human being was strong enough to handle being part Time Lord, part human. But then when he had to pull all her memories and the, the thought when he's talking to the parents, to, to his mom and, the, and Grandpa Wilfred and saying that, she will forever be known in history as the she will forever person that saved the world and she won't have any recollection of what she did that was so amazing and she goes straight back into being the original donna basically like like it's like the whole journey of her emotion and her development and her just amazingness got like swish clean and i just i i I don't even know if some of that stayed in her heart, like any of like a little like trinkling of recollection of, of the humanity that she, you know, kind of developed and began. Cause I just, the minute he did that, she's walking on, on her phone and talking to her friends and like, Oh yeah, whatever. Like, I don't care who you are. Like creepy little, you know, whatever. And she goes just along her little way. One of the things that was kind of disappointing, uh, not disappointing, but just heartbreaking was to realize that, she was better with the doctor that Wilford uh, recognized that she was better with the doctor. Yeah. Grandpa knew. Grandpa knew 
what his granddaughter needed from the moment he stared up at those stars every night, even in the, in the runaway bride, he knew that was the best, even if it meant he couldn't see her every day like he wants. He knew that made her a better person. And that, that was the sad part, how much that, not the mom, the mom could care, give, give a crap, but that broke that grandfather's heart knowing that he could never talk about the adventures and that, and that his granddaughter would never know the amazing things that she did. Which, I, sh- I mean, ultimately she will. Or she, you know, she doesn't need to know. She gets to have her own happy ending and that she does have a- another man that she meets that likes her. They do yeah. get married. You know, we do see that in, in a subsequent episode. But you could see that it hurt the doctor. That he had to that take. That he had to take that correct. away from her. He had to be the one to take this amazing existence away from her. And yeah, that, I think that it broke his heart. It broke grandpa's heart. It just, it was like well, they shared yeah. that mutual bond of like, I don't want to have to do this, but to, if we want to save her life, she will die if we and don't. To go from having to save or not not save but he he does the thing where he assists rose in basically ending with her own doctor but having to leave her and the heartache that that causes and then going into having to take poor donna's memories away because otherwise she's going to burn up it it just it absolutely kills him and you see that it hurts it hurts for him to do that and that leads us to the Christmas special of 2008, which was titled The Next Doctor, which for the fans was a big tease because everybody knew that David Tennant was going to leave. So people thought this was it. People thought that this was the next doctor, that they were going to be introduced to the next doctor. And instead, we get a Christmas adventure with the guy that plays the villain in uh, The Walking Dead, which you've never seen. I've never seen. We'll never see. But I love this guy. This guy was just absolutely like creme de la creme, just genuine, like, like old fashioned superhero. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just loved it. it I mean. It's interesting because I have a different preconceived notion because my first introduction to this actor was him being this horrendous human being. (laughs) Yeah, but that actually didn't that happen after this or did that happen before? Absolutely. That that TV series happened. I don't don't think The Walking Dead had even started in 2009. Or maybe it had. Maybe it had just started. But he was enough. Maybe it had. Yeah. Right. So it was, it, it was still, it was one of those moments where it was like, oh, this guy, uh, but he was so great and he was so lovable. And he finally convinces the doctor to actually participate in Christmas dinner. Cause he turned the, he turned Donna away uh, Donna. on the Christmas yeah. special. And here mm-hmm. he is like, okay, I'll go to Christmas okay. dinner with you. Uh, yeah. But he has that wonderful speech about, you know, because this guy had all of the doctor's pseudo memories, right. you know, he, 
Right. He had knowledge of the doctor. It's like he had like a surface area understanding of the doctor has a TARDIS. I don't know what it looks like, so I'm going to make my own. (laughs) He knew what the Cybermen knew and had stored in that device. Uh, But he knew of all these other companions because as we saw, the the Cybermen know of all the different doctors and their regenerations that he's gone through. Mm -hmm. And he asks them about the the companions and his whole you know thing about how they leave and you know it, it hurts that was painful mm-hmm. but yeah that leads us to planet of the dead which another like standalone episode nothing huge comes out of this is that the last one we just watched no planet of the dead is the one where they he gets teleported uh, with on the bus with a double decker oh that one yeah 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 yeah. sorry we've jumped ahead but then we haven't oh planet of the bus yeah that was like a weird standalone with that chick you were like drooling over the the hot chick i mean yes i am a man well, no, i'm not bad she was hot but i was just kind of like she seemed a little young do you know what i mean and you know um but and she seemed very cool don't get me wrong i i said to you at the end of it when she's running away from the the cops i was like oh is she gonna be his new companion but you could tell it you know what the funny thing with that one it wasn't even that he wasn't ready for a new companion because we know he's every time he loses a companion he gets stubborn and he doesn't want to have a new companion until that new person comes along but I felt there was something different about this person because of what she was doing in life that he was like, you're not the right person for me. You know what I mean? If you think of all the companions he's chosen, someone that's a freaking like art thief, jewel thief, you know, historical, you know, like, like pillager of like historical, you know, relics. He was like, sweetheart, you're not going to hang out with me, but here you go. I'll help you escape. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it was just kind of a, a silly episode. Well, that could have also been just a standalone episode. You want to watch a really fun episode of Doctor Who? There you go. You're not missing anything. It's not like they're referencing other people. The only thing would be you may get confused about the relationship with him and the scientist and the and the sold and the you know the military chick who he's had experience with before. That's it. You may be like, what are they talking about? That just shows they have a history. Yeah, I I think that episode was just kind of a. Kind of a weird one. Uh, I mean, it was it, it was a fun adventure, but nothing really comes of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we're really getting to the the nitty gritty, the waters of Mars. All for all intents and purposes, it seems like another you know just fun adventure with the Doctor. Mm-hmm. But that end. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> Because, I mean, it, it is, a you know, it's pseudo scary. It's got the monsters, you know, the, the, that those guys, guys were pretty scary. That That's yeah. not an episode you want to necessarily watch at night, I would say, if you're. Um, yeah. But it's that ending when all of a sudden he gets. He goes against his code of don't mess with fixed things. Well, and, and not only that, but we've seen a little bit of that. Uh, in defiance you think in in the runaway bride when he kind of loses it and he's uh you know dispatching the the spider you know the the, the spider woman's kids by drowning them oh and he and feels you gu- see, yeah you, you see, see that face where he's like i have no guilt i'm just watching them you know right uh 
And but as he's all about saving life and preserving life and giving people opportunities to go to a different location or whatnot. Right. Like, so this is like, we'll find you another we, planet to live on. We start to see the doctor unravel a little bit. And, you know, he has now been without a companion for a little bit. And his conscience, so to speak. He, he has that moment where he's like, I'm a time lord. I control, I can, can control this. And time will obey me. Yeah. He gets a little cocky. He, it, time will obey me is a big sentence. Yeah. And he takes the, the woman back after he tells her. And you that can see that she's fixed. all about, you know, I am. She's a soldier. You know, she's a scientist. She's all right. about if it's meant to happen, then let it happen. And there's that moment where I, when I was watching it, I thought it. And uh, as we were watching it together with you, you thought it and said it out loud. Is she going to shoot him? Yeah. Because she draws her gun as she's going into her house. I, yeah. And then she shoots Because I herself. thought she was going to shoot him to be like, you're now mix messing with fixed points in time right. like you told me and you're too dangerous now you are going to alter people's histories and instead she defies him and she still kills herself perishes so except now the timeline sort in, of yeah stays the same in all those bios and those those uh -huh. bios it changes from dies on mars to dies on, on Earth. Earth. And then those two other scientists survived, that ran yeah. off and survived to tell the story. But that was the funny thing. When he went there and landed there, he couldn't recall why he was there. And then it was this whole idea that no one knew why she went to the, the code five or whatever yeah. it was, the, 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 you know, the option five. No one knew why until he sat there and realized why they had to go to option five. It was to save Earth. It was to save she Earth from these water creatures, from, from this water yeah, villain. Whatever the Martian, the, this entity that, you know, we had a lot of like unknown threat in this series. Because in Midnight, we never really learn the no, name of what that boogeyman was. Right. And then in the waters of Mars, we really never learned who they were or, or what, what they, they wanted. wanted. We knew they wanted Earth because they wanted water. But right. where did they come from? Were they always Martian or is it some rogue people yeah. that went there and planted some bacteria well, or some the, like virus? The implication was that the Martians basically destroyed themselves and froze, you know, their their water just to, to trap them in there. Right. In essence, you know, killing themselves. Oh, because that was the implication that there was, was life the on Mars. Yeah, that's and what the, the, that the Martians said. actually just were able to trap yeah, this so weird creature from destroying everything. There, there's been a lot of uh, a, a lot of unknown danger uh, coming out of these episodes. Uh, and the and thus it leads us to the the Christmas and New Year's Eve special. <laughs> It was technically Christmas special part one and two, but they aired on Christmas Day and New Year's Eve, uh, where the doctor is basically unhinged at this point. Mm -hmm. He finally follows the Ood, admitting that he took his sweet time and has had all these other adventures yep. because he knew that the next time he saw them, it, it was going to be it. mean the end. Uh, and he mentioned something. Uh, and. I, I was pointed, somebody pointed this out, uh, not somebody, my co-host uh, for that episode, John, uh, pointed out, uh, and Ashley in her tiredest tidbits pointed out that 
the doctor mentions marrying a certain monarch. It was the same monarch that comes chasing after him at the end of the Shakespeare Code, the first uh, time travel adventure that the doctor and Martha had. And he said, hmm, I wonder why she's mad at me. Do you remember that? Wait, are you talking about in these episodes he mentioned something or? As he appears in the Ood planet, in uh-huh. the Ood home planet. Right. He mentions how he's had all these adventures. Right, I remember he's that. he's done all this. And one of the things he mentions is that he got married. I do remember To that. the queen. Yeah. And that that was a mistake. Yes. And that was the same queen that chased after him with in Martha. In the Shakespeare, is Shakespeare and was one? mad at him. And he's like, hmm, I wonder what I've done. Well. In that Shakespeare episode, he hadn't known what he was done. But then he knew what he did. Exactly. Because it was so. after that episode that he actually probably went back uh, and, and married. And married. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. So, but here we get the return of a known nemesis of the doctor. The master, Master. which I've said in the podcast before, the master episodes really messed me up because he, more than the Daleks, more than the Cybermen, I mean, the Daleks are clearly, they're just hell bent on, you know, destruction, domination. Yeah. They just want to exterminate. That's all they want. Uh, The Cybermen just want to convert everybody to a Cyberman. Just, again... Destruction, too. A a different version of the same coin, but still... control. Absolute, you know... uh, Exactly. Absolute annihilation, absolute control. The Master is just evil for the sake of evil. He just wants to destroy everything and honestly doesn't care who he takes out in the process. He is like the Joker... He's a to sociopath. The doctor's Batman. He is he is a necessary evil, but he is just evil for the sake of evil. And it it uh, it affected me. Last th- th- those episodes with the master really messed uh, at least, you know, in in the context of the show, it messed me up in that like now whenever I hear or think of the master, I fear for what's going to happen to the doctor. Because what happened to the doctor after the master, it, it affected him. Mm-hmm. This was the last other, you know, the, the last he known knew of time the last Lord. Known time Lord. And to watch him die in front of you. And not regenerate. To, like, like, like just completely say, him, yeah. screw you and spite you and not allow himself to regenerate. You know, to, to give him the, the funeral pyre, you know, it, it was like watching Luke set Darth Vader aflame at the end of Mm -hmm. uh, Return of the Jedi, you know, it was, it was intense. And so the moment that threat was mentioned and the knocking four times, I knew it was coming, but nevertheless, there he was. And once again, every time the master is at play, the doctor feels like he is not on his game. Like he is behind the eight ball the entire it's, time. It, he's in, it's like he's intimidated knowing that this guy, here's the thing. I think he's intimidated because I, he knows this guy's a sociopath. He knows he's crazy and crazy is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the doctor is able to be one step ahead of this guy because there's no predictability when someone's a yeah, lunatic. There's no logic. There's no logic what behind doing. what they do. And, and I think that scares the doctor and definitely throws him, especially because he doesn't want to kill him. Yeah. 
if all you wanted to do was to kill the guy, you would just, you would figure out a way to just kill, but he doesn't, he, he's struggling with that internal desire to try to talk some sense into him. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what he's struggling which he with, can't which do. he can't, which he can't do. And we get for us, for the first time we get to see more Gallifreyans. We get to see more Time Lords. And I said it in the episode uh, with John and Ashley. I had just assumed that the Time Lords, other than the Master, like the Master was the bad apple, but that the Time Lords were these nice, respectable, Mm -hmm. heroic, you know, like, like they were the Jedis, right? They were the stoic sort of saviors of the galaxy kind of thing. And instead, we are introduced to these incredibly petty, incredibly selfish But if you think about the way that their childhood's described when we meet the master, who takes little boys to look in the depths of a black void that basically sucks? It it basically turns you crazy if you can't handle it. Well, I mean, that's a pretty wicked and evil community and society. But it, 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 it exposes them to the whole universe and it opens their mind up to be able to see time as it happened, as it's going to happen, uh, and what you know, they were basically time police. That's and, the way the doctor yeah. kind of described and, and let's them. be honest, your people are called time lords. Anyone with the name Lord, <laughs> they think a hell of a lot of themselves and probably aren't out there for the better but, good of everybody. You know, it, and we, we do get to see the master is a result of the, the, the Time Lords themselves basically trying to do everything they can, knowing that they are time locked and that they're... See, that I didn't understand until these episodes. I just thought Gallifrey and the Time Lords were just gone, decimated. Which and they then this were. really explains that, no, they were... They were trapped in the Superman square thing that they sent the bad well, guys into. The, they, they, they were and they weren't. Or the triangle thing or whatever. Because you have to think, uh, again, when time is not just a straight line, time is not linear. Right. The past and the present in the way the time is described in the show are happening at the same time. So the Time Lords are stuck in just the past. In Got that it. moment where we, because we heard... The tenth doctor, we heard the ninth doctor, we heard uh, Eccleson talk about how he had to destroy the Dalek and in turn destroyed the Time Lords. But now we get to know that decision was made a little easier by the fact that the Time Lords they're have basically sh- lost their damn they're minds. They're warlords. They're crazy. Exactly. Right. And, they and you, become it's so the first time you with see, power. It's the first time you see the doctor actually said, I had to do it. I had to. It was a choice that we don't really see that we don't understand at that point. But now it's like your your eyes opened up to the fact that for a while you thought he felt bad about it. And he did because it was his people. But at the same time, now you're finding that they were maniacal. Yeah. They would have tried to take over the whole freaking universe. Right. Just as, they're just as bad as the Daleks. They had become. They had gotten corrupted. And after all these... Uh, I mean, because they're time lords and they can travel through time, these time wars uh, could have been happening for, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of years. So in that time, 
they had become corrupted and had become this less noble version that I guess the doctor was trying to hold on to. And 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 I'll just say it because we haven't said it yet, but who better than the amazing Timothy Dalton to do it? Uh, yeah, Timothy Dalton, uh, once again, playing... Uh, uh, evil, maniacal... But he, I mean, he was good. He, he was, was so re- good. he was good at being Timothy evil. Dalton is never bad. He was good to look at, at you know his the voice. Man is a the fine way he's like, wine. He is just beautiful from you know beginning <laughs> to end. Sexy man, Timothy but Dalton. I, I did not expect that. I did not know what was going to happen. Um, so the whole time I was on the edge of my seat, trying to figure out how the doctor was going to get out of this. And back to Wilf, I, we, we briefly discussed it, but this little character that had appeared in a few other episodes. Oh, but he just steals that becomes the show every time. The, that becomes the grandfather of Donna uh, through necessity. You know, Donna's father, the, the actor playing Donna's father passes away. So they, they insert Wilf into that family. What an amazingly sweet character. What a, a wonderful person. And for Wilf to be the one that looks at the doctor, gives him the gun, and says, you need to do this. Yeah. You're going to have to. You have to do you this. To, and the you doctor, have... you know, trying not to, wanting not to, and then ultimately grabbing the gun and literally jumping out of the spaceship yep. to go defend and 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 end. And finding a way, right? Yep. Because he ends up not shooting the Lord President. He ends up not shooting the Master, but instead the, he shoots the equipment the that equipment is allowing that's allowing Gallifrey and the Time Lords to enter the Earth. Right. Uh, Basically, sends them back where they came from. Correct, including the Master. The Master. Yep, the goes Master back went with back them. too. So he he's still around, but he is back in that time lock. He is back in. In that space. I mean, I, I will say the doctor should feel a, a little better because maybe he finally, when they, when, when, when the Time Lords basically admitted to the fact that they, you know, put the goddamn drum in that mm-hmm. poor child's head as a beacon to find him and that that had caused so much of his crazy and turmoil, it was, a, it should have been a little bit redeeming for the doctor that the master kind of assisted you know when he was like duck you know like i'm mm-hmm. gonna blow that up and then he jumped you know jump you know jumped kind of into the into the fray or whatnot yeah i just imagine torturing one of your own just for your own selfish need to get out of this time yeah. lock unfortunately that's that's not a non-human theme. Know, that's, right that's, that's, that's a theme that happens that's the i mean once again Doctor Who using that science fiction to really, you know, point that mirror back right at at us. Social issues, yeah. Yeah. And so I I went from thinking, oh, the noble Gallifreyans to like, wow, these guys are jerks. The one thing we haven't hit on Mm -hmm. is the old lady that started talking to Wilfred. And that was like one of the the weeping, you know, covered hands. Little, yes, like the, the weeping, weeping angels, angels of old. But um, is that the doctor's mama? Based on Ashley and her TARDIS tidbits in a 
non-canon conversation, Russell T. Davies all but said, yes, that is supposed to be his mom. And that's why he reached out to Wilfred to try to help save the doctor by telling him what needed to happen. To save time itself. Or to save time itself, yes. Because there was still, she was only... Out of the entire, seemingly an entire planet that was part of the council, there were only two people that opposed, and at least one of them is related to the doctor. We yeah. don't know who that other person is. True. We never see their because face. Because he they always never take their hands. has his hands. Well, it could over. be she. I mean, it could be he, she. What, you think it was mm. the mom and the dad of him? Uh, no, no, no. I, I don't know that. But I know that there is at least one other Gallifreyan. So there are three Gallifreyans. The doctor, his mom. This other, this other person that opposed them that, trying to come back and take over correct, Earth. That realized that this was not the right way to do it. The sacrifice had to be made. On something else. Correct. The, the, the sacrifice had to be made. And then we get like the world's longest regeneration, um, which parts of it were super awesome. Getting to see him with Martha and Mickey. Yeah, Martha and, and Mickey. sort of, you know, save her life. And then to save the life of uh, Sarah Jane's adopted son. Yeah. You know, great moments. I've mentioned it in the podcast. Huge sucker punch. Started my uh, tear ducts working when he's talking to the granddaughter of the, the nurse that he had yeah. fallen in love with as John oh, Smith. Oh, yeah. That was so sweet when and she the writes the is, stories based on her journal. Yeah. And she literally looks and, and he goes, how, did, how was she? And the, the, was the, she the, happy? Was she happy? And the granddaughter knew exactly who it was. She yeah. knew it was him. And, and he gets, you know, she goes, yeah, she was. Were you? And he just smiles and walks away. And then when he sees, he goes back in time to see Rose. Yep. That's if, the right line. before she would have first met him yep. and had that year or whatnot. Yeah. The sweet, naive, full Rose. New Year's Day, 2005. How schnockered are you? <laughs> right. What year? What like, day? Uh, he was like, I'm you're going to have a great year. Yeah, you think? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think. Go home, mate. <laughs> and then we get that uh, regeneration. And I talked about it. You know, my, my first regeneration was Eccleston into uh, Tennant. And I found it really disconcerting because especially after Eccleston, Tennant has some very angular features to his face. Mm-hmm. And so Tennant in the Eccleson jacket felt wrong, felt really wrong for me watching Matt turn to Eccleson, uh, turn to uh, Tennant and have the- You mean the, David turn into to Matt Smith? Yeah, ten, uh, Tennant to uh, turn into Smith, Matt Smith. I, you know, he looked fine. He looked good. I didn't- it But they got to get as, him a different suit. They can't, oh, yeah, don't, yeah, I mean, because, 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 because David only wore Eccleson's, like, because always had the short jean, like, jacket, the short. Yeah, yeah, the leather jacket. Uh, the leather yeah, jacket. Yeah. But then David got his pinstripe blue suit and his long jacket. Pinstripe uh, brown suit. And occasionally the, the blue suit was the future suit. Oh, okay. And the brown suit but point was being the past is, That's suit. David's. So you mm-hmm. better step off of that, Matt, and figure out your own damn oh, yeah, wardrobe. Oh, yeah, yeah, he, he will get his own costume. I'm sorry. He will get his own costume. I got something to say uh, about that. And what I find funny, now that we can sort of wrap up and look at the entirety of uh, David's uh, run, 
David's doctor, the 10th doctor, is usually tied to the wearing of the 3D glasses. The, you know, the glasses with the red and the blue. Mm -hmm. And he only wore those once. Mm. Yeah, I don't remember. That's why I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't remember He wore them in the episode in which uh, Rose ends up, or or the two-parter in which Rose ends up trapped on the other dimension. Okay. That's the only episode he ever wore them. But that seems to be that and, of course, the... The long coat the suit and, the and the suit. jacket and the converse. And Don't the converse. the converse. That, be, that became his defining. But like people really define that as the, oh, it's the 3D, the 3D lenses or the 3D glasses wearing doctor. He only wore it once. Yeah. I know the quote unquote defining feature that Matt is going to be sort of tied defined to. Defined by. Is- uh, which we have yet to see. So. We'll see. Um, but I find it really interesting that, you know, Tennant's whole thing is tied to 3D glasses, which we only wore once. Mm-hmm. I get the Converse. The Converse were fine. The Converse were fun. Mm-hmm. I get the jacket because he wore those frequently. Right. But the glasses, he only wore the one time. Yeah. And yet most of Let the time <laughs> you see him depicted in fan art, uh, he tends to have those glasses. So... You, when we watched it, you weren't super keen. Are you interested in what's going to happen now to the doctor? Are you, what do you think is going to go on? What do you think is going to happen? I don't like it when they regenerate. (laughs) I don't think anybody does. Well, I mean, you know how I felt. I was going to stop watching it after Chris went away because I'm a Chris boy. I love him. He's still my, he's still my heart and soul. But you know, I love David Tennant. David Mm -hmm. is just, He's just amazing. So you know how you said Dave, what David Morrissey is that the that's the actor who was in The Walking Dead, and so you had mm-hmm. this preconceived idea of him. Well, I have watched The Crown, people, with Matt Smith <laughs> as you know, as what? Who is Matt Smith? He's Prince, Philip, Prince Philip, wasn't he? He was the young. Wait, no, no, no. Yes, yes, the young Philip. It was the young Philip. It was him as the young Philip and then that other actor with the deeper voice as the older Philip. But he was in like the first season or whatnot, I think, as like the young, you know, the young Philip. And so I just, I'm, you know, I just, I, I guess I'm bringing my cre. Yeah, he was the young Philip in like the first season or whatnot. And I just have my preconceived ideas of, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. of that or whatnot. And so I'm just like, hmm. I, 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 I have to say, I remember how jarring it was to watch Eccleston into Tennant. I, maybe it's because I was more prepared because I've already seen one. I did not, I, it was a destructive compared to the first regeneration oh, yeah, we've this seen. this one destroyed the like freaking the TARDIS interior is getting, of the TARDIS you know, uh, completely blown up and all sorts of things are happening and the, the TARDIS is like crash landing back on Earth. But I got to see, like, Matt looked happy and playful and like the doctor. Like, Chris, like Chris's doctor that was yeah, just like like the joyful. Doctor, like, he's so excited to be regenerated mm-hmm. and be there that he's a new person. He's like, Ooh, 
Ooh, this is exciting and fun. But that's the same way Den- that, that David took over from Chris. Mm-hmm. It was this joyful, like excitement of, well, and Ooh, what are my new features going to be? Oh, I've got hair. Oh, I've got 10 fingers and all that. I'm a stuff. girl. Cause he touches his long hair. Yeah, I'm a girl. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, even uh, that's the way we're introduced or we, Meaning you and I, because again, we have not seen any of the original, original Doctor Who, so we've only doctors. seen the new series, New Who, as some of the fans refer to it. Um, but that's how Eccleson starts. He starts with that very happy-go-lucky, oh, he like was always, super. Though, don't even. He always took that. Like he exuded. Like, and it started. Like you said, it started to dwindle with David's Doctor, where David used to always be so just amazed by humanity he was always like you Mm -hmm. guys are so like you know uh you know oh i'm blanking on the word but 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 you guys you guys come back from bad stuff Mm -hmm. you always you always like pick yourself back up and wipe yourself off do you know what i mean and you you do good he was always amazed by that in certain you know in the beginning in certain episodes and then like you said it just started to get a little a little heavy on him a little darker a little darker and so you saw like the first season was, you know what I mean? When he was first with like, like even, you know, Rose and, and Martha, and it starts to turn maybe a little bit with Martha. Do you know what I mean? Where it gets a little heavier and he still struggles with finding the beauty and like humanity and the human species and stuff. Whereas Chris, it just felt like it was just every time he's like, this is just fun. Even if it was like something horrible happening, he always like found yeah. the bright side yeah, to like yeah. everything. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does with it. I, I hope that it is just as playful. Um, but knowing how much I enjoyed the two episodes that Muffet wrote, the, the silence in the library and the forest of the dead. And is that who is now taking over? For- he, is the, he is now the show writer for us. Right. The, the, show, the, the series that we're about to go into. He is the show writer Russell for T. Davies. It. Retired from right. Doctor Who, although we now know he's coming back. Woo-hoo. So we have uh, we have some Russell T Davies to, to look, look forward, forward to, to, which at the rate British episodic uh, is released, we might be caught up <laughs> by then because we only have Matt Smith. We then go into, uh, and I'm blanking on his name now. Um, well, don't tell me. I mean, I know who Matt Smith is, obviously. But, uh, but we only have, so we have Matt Smith. We have uh, another doctor. We have two regenerations. And then after Matt Smith, after and then, Matt Smith. And then whatever's going to happen after Jody is done. Cause got it. Jody said, this is her last series. So she will regenerate into somebody and Russell will, I'm sure have something to say and do about it. So It'll be, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. But we get to see a completely new doctor with a completely new... I was going to say, did you throw out your, we want Idris Elba to like walk out and be like, doctor. I have not. I'm I, the doctor. That's what I, yeah. <laughs> I, I did my Idris Elba impersonation. It's like, hello, I'm the doctor. <laughs> uh, which I would love to see. Sounds like if Idris Elba was a pirate, that's what you sounded like. Hello. <laughs> to see Idris Elba come out of the TARDIS uh, and introduce himself as the doctor would be fantastic. Um, but, you know, honestly, there's been a lot of rumors that it could be Tenant again. Which would be really interesting. Seriously? 
It, I mean, they can regenerate back into the same form? Tenet has been waxing <gasps> on poetic about how good Russell is and how amazing it was to work with him and how great of a writer he is. Do you think he'll bring his daughter back as his companion? So <laughs> who knows? I, I think it would be that, very interesting. Oh my gosh, I'd be so excited. Uh, yeah, to the best of my knowledge, and I don't have Ashley or John or any of my experts here to refute it, uh, the doctor has never regenerated backwards. But that when it, but, 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 but you imply that it's backwards. He just takes a form. Yeah. So he could hypothetically take the same form yeah. Oh, yeah. because he just liked it that much. I mean, it's, it's, doc, <laughs> it's Doctor Who. He could always regenerate into whatever. So I mean, unless they regenerate him into some like odd creature or something like that. Which would also be interesting. Yeah. Voiced by David Tennant. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't have to look like David Tennant. It just has to be voiced by David yeah. Tennant. It'd be like Uncle be, Scrooge. He, is... I was gonna say. I was gonna say he becomes he be, it becomes Space Jam, where he's a cartoon uh-huh. inside the real world. Inside the real world. Like, <laughs> that, that'd be interesting. Oh, uh, I think that'd be Scrooge. jumping the shark. But uh, no, we so we we've only got three other doctors. We still have I was plenty say, of series. I just figured it out. It'll be David Tennant. As the doctor. And they'll bring Olivia Coleman as his companion. It'll be perfect. They'll be reunited from Broadchurch. It'll be just amazing. I mean, Olivia Coleman, uh, she can be she, she can be goofy and silly. I mean, she's Okay, then super make Olivia dramatic. Coleman the new doctor. That'd be cool. That could also hand the rails over. Uh, listen. That would be that would be brilliant because David was it, then Olivia. I mean keep it in the family. <laughs> Why, why not uh, Rupert from, uh, you know, uh, from uh, Harry Potter? He could, you know, he could finally be a ginger. Oh, oh, you mean bring in one of the Harry Potter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring yeah. one of the. the uh, Rupert Grant. Rupert Grant. And, you know, I was like. Oh, oh, because Matt says, oh, I'm not a ginger. Yeah, because he's uh, even uh, when when Tennant, you know, he's like, ah. Oh, not a ginger. I wanted to, I've always wanted to be a ginger. Oh my God. That would be really cool. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, who knows? Ron Weasley right. as the doctor. That I mean, would, that'd like, be really cool. And, and any of them, you know, and any actor could, so long as they're a, a good actor, any actor could have fun with Doctor Who. Um, you know, just because we have our favorites, or I would love to see Idris Elba running around <laughs> as the doctor. Uh, that, that, that's a, you know, but that, that would be like an action doctor, you know. Then, then. Uh, but any any British actor could be a, a good uh, a good doctor. That I think that's the fun of that the show. It's just is never that, knowing who, and it and it's true because it could take on a whole is, new persona. Then again, I Capaldi, don't know. Peter Capaldi. I couldn't remember yeah, that guy's but, but, name. But then again, we don't we don't live in Britain. We're not watching TV to know or seeing the theater there to know who these people are in the world. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So even, and I don't want to say someone that's not known, but it doesn't need to be a superstar. Yeah. I like it when it's someone kind of not known because then you don't have anything to compare it to, like how we sometimes compare it to other characters and, I mean, and other it, people that we've done. The doctor has seeing. been young. The doctor has been old. Uh, you know, it could be Kenneth Branagh. Wouldn't that be a fun series to have Kenneth Branagh as the regeneration? You know, it could be anybody. Dude, Uh, I love (laughs) Kenneth Branagh. That would be cool. Benedict Cumberbatch. I mean, yeah, but you know, I've thought of that, but I'm like, 
I thought of that too. Trust me. Oh, but but that but of course, Benedict Cumberbatch. Of course, like like that's like a that's like a like a given. I mean, you've what, done what about, Sherlock Holmes. You've what done about Tom Hiddle, Hiddleston. Can you imagine Tom Hiddleston as the Doctor? That would be. Yeah, I can because I can imagine him as Loki, and they're both mischievous characters. Like, and that, stuff. that would be so much fun to see what he would do with a, with a Doctor Who. You know. It, the the opportunities are endless, really. I know this is going to sound really weird, but mm. I don't care. I'm going to say this person. What about Miranda? That comedian, that yeah. tall comedian that just has. But when I when I was thinking about Chris's glow and his joy, she just always comes off with that smile and that glow and that joy. That 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 would be a cool one. If you're going to do another female, that would be cool. I think she would be cool. She'd be fun. Oh, yeah. I I mean, again, I, I think the fun with one of the things that I have so much fun with uh, in Doctor Who is that everyone gets a chance. <laughs> well, it's science fiction. So it, you can explain anything away. Yeah, it doesn't you matter. You know, you do a little bit of hand waving and you go, oh, well, the, you know, the timey wimbly, you know, and the TARDIS and I traveled back in time and the this and the that. And it's now canon. It's now official. It's now, you know, so anything and everything is possible. And I think that's what makes it so much fun is that anything can happen. Anyone can be anything. Mm -hmm. And anything that you have preconceived, well, doesn't necessarily have to come out that way. Yeah. But. Thank you so much for joining me uh, in this super fun recap. I think uh, it was super long, too. I just looked at the time. We always end up uh, having a fun time uh, discussing our uh, Doctor Who. And this was a super long season, so it makes sense. But uh, thank you, dear listener, for listening to yet another exciting episode of my (laughs) exciting episode (laughs) of First Time Lord. Uh, As always, you can support the podcast by visiting our website at firsttimelord.com. There you can see uh, we have a merch store. We have uh, the most important thing is you you can leave comments in all of our previous episodes. So you can let us know what you thought of Doctor Who Uh, so far. What what do you you know? Are you like us? Are you embarking on this journey for the first time? Uh, Where where are you at uh, after watching, you know, four series and two doctors uh let us know in the comments please and like i said you can visit the merch store we have some awesome shirts they're super comfy we got the holiday shirts back we've got the uh, iphone cases all sorts of things uh but if merch is not your thing but you still want to support the show financially we are also available on patreon so follow the link from the website or search for daniel levain on patreon you can find me that way and support the show in that manner or the most important way is take the show and share it with somebody else i am sure there's somebody in your life as a doctor whovian yourself who probably like me can use like me and shannon uh can use uh, a dose of doctor in their life because this show has really been such a fun discovery and such a joy to go through and each week get exposed to these awesome stories uh, that reflect like i uh, i've said this frequently they put a mirror to us and reflect back what's happening but 
The time has run out, and it is time to go visit the 11th Doctor. See you next week, everybody. <laughs>